What's up, dear Christian Black girls? I am one of your hosts, Jerry Alicia. I am a wife. I am a, a graphic designer. I am a leader of women dealing with infertility, miscarriage, and infant loss. But more importantly than all of that, I am a child of God, and I love him dearly. What's up, y'all? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Here we are at a new time, y'all. How y'all feeling? Like we are at a new time, up bright and early, recording the podcast. Listen, 7.30 comes early in the morning. Let me uh, warm up my voice. Good morning, everybody. Hey, for those, listen, for those of you who don't know, uh, we record our podcast on uh, the Clubhouse app. And so sometimes we have people join us in the room while we're recording. For those of you who are listening in the room, consider it our listening party. We are recording for our international podcast, Dear Christian Black Girl, and you just get to hear it early. I am one of your co-hosts, Takesha. I am your strategic, your resident strategic uh, coach and mentor. And I get the honor of helping wives uncover and discover their identity in Christ. And also uh, just more recently, helping women to uncover uh, what the word of God says about them through uh, studying the word of God through the work method. So I'm so excited about that. And so I'm excited to be here today as we continue our conversation about uh, powerful women in the Bible and how that relates to us today. So thank you all for being here. God bless you, Tiff. Good morning, top of the morning to everyone. Um, grab your tea and your coffee or whatever you need to kind of keep you focused this morning because we're going to have a little deep conversation. But I am Tiffany Dillard. I am the founder and CEO of New Voice Books. New Voice Books is a Christian book publishing company that helps God's kingdom scribes share their stories of inspiration, healing, and encouragement with the world. And um, I'm also an author myself. I'm also a speaker. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mother, a grandmother. And I am part of this wonderful sisterhood that we have um, going on. And also one of the co-hosts of Dear Christian Black Girl. So good morning. Good morning. So I see that we got some some new people here on today. So I just kind of want <clears throat> to give an intro to Dear Christian Black Girl. As Takesha said, this is the international <clears throat> the international podcast. And so basically, you have found yourself a spectator to our FaceTime calls. Literally, <laughs> y'all, literally, this is how all of our FaceTime calls go. So if if we start praying, it's, it's normal. If we start crying, it's normal. If something happens and you're like, this is how y'all FaceTime calls go, the answer is yes. If I start rapping, this if is she normal. starts rapping, that's normal. <laughs> If I say I'm over it, it's perfectly normal, okay? So welcome to Dear Christian Black Girl. Welcome to basically our sisterhood FaceTime calls. This is the space where Black women who are Christians have a space to heal, have a space, a safe space to vent, have a safe space to talk about this, the unique stuff that we go through. Now, I have to warn you, I know it says Dear Christian Black Girl in the title, but we do not lord our blackness we do not idolize our blackness <clears throat> we just understand that being black is very unique okay we understand that 
we have a unique um, situation when it comes to be, being Christian and being Black. So we go get into the topic on today. It is technically still International Women's History Month. And so we're talking about women in the Bible. And Takesha and Tiffany, I got to talk about y'all real quick because I looked over our text messages and I was a, lo- a little confused because we were supposed to be talking about Hadassah today, but then you said Ruth. And I'm like, Ruth was not Hadassah, Esther was. So I was a Esther. little confused yeah. this morning. Esther. So here, here, yeah, we wasn't even supposed to. So let's talk about it. Okay, so welcome to our FaceTime calls. So as Jerry said, the premise of Dear Christian Black Girl is because as black women, we have unique conversations. Our spin, our thought process, the way we look at things, no matter where you come from, right? I know that sometimes when people think um, about black women, they automatically uh, tag like hood or the ghetto or the projects, but we don't all have that story. But for those who do, more power to you. But as black women, we just bring a different flair and flavor to conversations. And we want you to have a place where you can have a conversation with your black Christian sisters that you may not have necessarily on a regular Sunday morning, that you may not have necessarily on a regular you know, Thursday morning, unless you're on your FaceTime with your girls. So that's what you're walking into. And Jerry, you are absolutely right, okay? so. The conversation we were using, we were using uh, the premise of certain things that um, women in the Bible um, had experienced, had gone through, had triumphed through. And so if you were here um, for uh, the beginning of the month, I think we did um, the power, uh, the power to carry. Uh, Yeah, the power to carry, because we talked about um, Mary, Jesus' mom, and how she literally carried the power of God in her belly. Carrying the power of God. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Carrying the power of God. And so, yeah, so we're just continuing this carrying thing, because not last week, because last week, y'all know, we were in Takesha's room all all uh, last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for the Wealthy Wife self plug. If you did not attend the Wealthy Wife, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I want you to click on Takesha's picture, and I want you. No, I don't want to wave at Takesha. I want you to follow her and make sure that you get in her club, the Healed Rib, because the Wealthy Wife. Can we can we just recap the wealthy wife before we get into um Esther on today because I think we just need to talk about it for like two seconds because the wealthy wife was life changing it literally saved my life and I was telling I was telling Tiffany that earlier Uh, and we both was like it was it was literally a revival you would have thought it it may have been a um a conference for women no child we had a whole revival and my life was saved I'm just saying. Hallelujah. Listen, and for those of you who are listening on our pod, on any podcast stream, um, where you can find The Wealthy Wife is if you go to uh, the Clubhouse app. It is a free downloadable app um, in your app store. I'm not sure what the other store is called, um, but in your app store on your iPhone, uh yeah praise the lord saints i'm not sure what the the, the place it's called for. the google play store that child is, and okay, I'll, that's I'll what put... it is that's exactly what it is like <laughs> that's what we're not gonna do oh okay. my god that, that and i will make sure to put all those links in the show notes so yes. our listeners um that are not on clubhouse can get the link to the wealthy wife because I really do believe that every Christian woman should like go back and listen to that because there was literally something for everybody. We talked about relationships. We talked yes. about 
um, being a Christian, we talked about finances. We talked about health. Like we literally covered all the bases. And so, yeah. So um, today, I just I just needed to recap the wealthy wife real quick because it really was life changing. So last week we did not record. Dear Christian Black Girl, because we were getting our whole lives together with the wealthy wife. But the week before, we talked about Deborah. And -hmm. the week before that, of course, we talked about Mary. So we're talking about powerful women in the Bible who made history. You know, Mary made history because she was Jesus' mom. That's history making in and of itself, right? Um, But we also talked about Deborah, who was a judge, a prophet, a wife, and the leader of Israel at that time. Like, sis literally had her own palm tree. Sis was doing her thing. Um, And so today, we want to talk about, y'all, are we talking about Esther or Ruth today? Which one are we doing? So here's what we're, here's, here's the conversation today. Y'all see what happens when you have to switch from your normal schedule, right? So with the reason why we pulled those powerful women, number one, because they are powerful women of God. Number two, it is um, International Women's uh, History Month. And number three, there were things that we can pull and apply to our daily lives. So as Jerry explained uh, with Mary, Mary had the power to carry God, right? She had the power to carry. And that was the conversation. And we used Mary as um, our conversation anchor. Last week, when we talked about Deborah, we talked about having the power to lead. And all of us in our own right are leaders, whether you are in your families, in your businesses, in your careers, in your communities, you are even a leader in your own life. And so we talked about the power to lead and what that looks like. And we use Deborah um, as that anchor. And today uh, we were talking about the power in your name. For those of you in the room, I just want you to put in the comments that there is power in my name. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I just want you to open your mouth and declare that there is power in my name. And so Jerry, as you were talking about the Wealthy Wife event, I think that that is a great segue um, into having the conversation about power um, in our name, the power in our name, because we address you as a wealthy wife. Now, in this conversation, uh, the last three days of last week, we had single women, married women, engaged women, women who had been divorced or widowed, women who don't desire to be married. We had women from all walks of life, but we still called you the wealthy wife. And so um, the conversation was talking about um, for women, uh, it was an experience for women who were looking to close the gaps of poverty in her life right? We were looking to close the gaps of poverty mentally and emotionally, spiritually, physically, relationally, and financially. So in order to begin to close the gaps, we have to call you by a name that closes the gaps. Wealth closes the gaps to poverty, right? So wealth closes the gap to poverty. So we called you wealthy wives and wealthy women. We had to call you by a name that poverty would bow to. Poverty bows to uh, to wealth. Poverty can't stand up against wealth. And we serve a God who is all powerful, all knowing, all wealthy, right? There is not one billionaire on this earth who can outdo the wealth of God. So we came into agreement with the wealth of God over our lives. And so today we are going to be talking about the power 
in your name? What are you being called? What are you allowing yourself to be called? What are you calling yourself? And how does that look like showing up in your life? And so to Jared's point, we were not talking about Ruth. We were talking about <laughs> Because there was a name change there, right? You will see in the Bible often when someone was elevated, their name was changed. Or when you saw, um, you know what? I ain't going to even get into that. I'm going to turn it over to you. We're going to talk about the power in the name. So, yeah. So this just like when we were coming up with today's discussion and what we were going to talk about today, it just reminds me. Have y'all ever heard that saying, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to? And so sometimes there's power in our name because of what we answer to. Like, what are you answering to? Are you answering to a derogatory name? Are you answering to your birth name? Like, what? Like, can we, can we just talk about it? Like, what are you answering to? Um, because sometimes what happens is we'll, they'll start calling us that and initially we won't answer to it, but then we'll start believing what they called us. We'll start believing that we're stupid. And so we'll start calling ourselves stupid. We'll start believing that, that we're ugly. So we'll start calling ourselves ugly. And we have to really understand that it really does matter what you answer to. It matter. It doesn't matter what they call you because they can call you whatever they want. But it doesn't make it true. They can say whatever they want, but it doesn't make it true. What you what you answer to, what you come in co- into covenant with, what you agree with, that's where we need to start the conversation. Because if you are agreeing with anything that is contrary to what God has called you, to what God says you are, then you musts are out of order. It's not even about them. It's not even about the other people. It's not about that. It's about who does God say you are and do you say you're that as well? Absolutely. And, you know, in biblical times, Every child had a name, right? Every child had a name that was given to them by their parents. And typically the mother named the child based on her experience during that um, that child, um, what do you call that? What do you call when you're carrying a baby? During her pregnancy. Jesus. Girl, what? <laughs> child. <laughs> yeah. Come on now, you a whole mother in these streets. A whole yeah. mama. <laughs> But you know, when, when a woman carried her baby based on what she was experiencing, she would often give the baby a name based on what her experience was during pregnancy. Some mothers named their child based on what the Lord had told them to name the child, hence Mary and Jesus, um, hence um, Elizabeth and John, right? Based on what God told them the child was named. So the name was chosen because of an experience or what the family wanted to see happen in that child's life, right? And so- And Takesha, I'm going to just interject right there. Because uh, I want to I talk about that point and I don't want to forget because y'all know Absolutely. how my brain is. Um to Takesha's point, if you are trying to have a baby or if you are currently pregnant, research your child's name. Yes. Research your child's name because let's be honest, this is the Dear Christian Black Girl International Podcast. And sometimes being Black girls, we can come up with some names. However, make sure that the name you name your child 
is a name. Like, make sure that the meaning is what you want it to mean. Not just because it sounds cute, not just because it's a hybrid between mommy and daddy or whoever, but make sure that the child's name actually means something and that you can live with what it actually means. Okay, that's all I had. And let's talk about that because I'm here for the names. My name is Takesha. Okay, bless the name of Jesus. So when you when you think about uh, the name that you were given, whether anybody else has the name, Keisha, where I come from, is not very, I mean, it's not an uncommon name. It is very common. Keisha, I'm sure all of you Black girls know somebody named Keisha, okay? Whether she spell it K-I-K-E-K-E-I-K-E-Y, it doesn't even matter. <clears throat> Most of us know a girl named Keisha. I grew up with several, okay? But when it comes to our names, there is an importance and a significance in who you are called. And so as we were talking about um, in the Bible, when a mother or father or the parents gave their child a name, it had a significant meaning, good, bad, or indifferent, right? Um, who was it? Jacob and Esau. And Jacob, his, his name was like heel grabber or something like that. Do you guys remember that? Um, yeah, because yeah. when they were in, um, that's what happened when they were in her womb. That Like, they l literally named him what he did in the womb. Right. And Esau's name was because he was red and hairy, right? So the mothers gave their names based on either what the child looked like or something like that. But when you were given your name, when the name we're talking about, um, your parents gave you, uh, maybe they gave you that name in love. Maybe they gave you the name because it represented somebody that they honored or appreciated. Like my mother said to me that she gave me my name because she met a young girl, a little girl whose name was Takesha. And she thought she was the most beautiful little girl. And so she took that name and gave it to me. And she thought the name was so pretty that she took it and gave it to me. So though my mother may have not known the meaning of my name, she gave my name meaning because of what she saw. That little girl was beautiful and the name was beautiful. So I call my daughter Takesha beautiful. She gave me that name because of that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that reminder because I forgot about that. Thank you, Lord. And Wait, so, for real? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. And so as we are thinking about the importance of our name and what and the power that our name carries, I want us to take a moment um, when you have time and research your name. Be very careful about the websites you research it on because some of them are um, deep in the occult and they look very harmless. But just be very mindful when you're looking up the meaning of your name or also ask the Lord, what does my name mean to you? And one of the quotes that I really like is um, it comes out of uh, Romeo and Juliet. And this goes to your point, Jerry, where you said um, it's not what we're called is what we respond to. Right. There is a quote um, from the play Romeo and Juliet. And Juliet says um, uh, something to the fact like what is in a name? Right. If we call a rose by another name, it's still going to smell sweet. If we call a rose a horse, right? She didn't say this part, but if she call, if we call now a rose, we call it a horse, that rose is still going to act and show up as a rose. It's not going to start smelling like a horse. It's not going to start acting like a horse. It's not going to start galloping like a horse. Why? Because it was birthed a rose. And so when we are thinking about our names, I want you to remember what you were birthed. 
you may say, well, Takesha, I was birthed in hardship. You know, I, I didn't have a great upbringing and things like that. Now I want you to go to the Bible and see what God says about how you were birthed, how God says you were formed and God says you were created. What we have to understand that before our mothers named us, God named us his beloved. God named us his chosen. God himself said he put us together in our mother's womb, piece by piece, so much so that he knows the number of hairs that we have on our heads. And so when you, before you were given your natural name, God gave you a spiritual name and that name was daughter. And so as we are navigating and finding our way in this world, I want you to realize that the power of God was already in your name because he made you in his image and in his likeness. And so no matter what natural name your parents may have called you, no matter what your friends may have called you or your ex may have called you or somebody who was demented in their mind called you, and no matter even what you called yourself, a rose by any other name is still a rose. A daughter of God by any other name is still a daughter of God. A woman who was created in the secret place by the hand of God is still that woman that was created in the secret place by the hand of God. So there is power in your name. And we wanna talk about standing up in the power that your name holds. Tiffany? So I wanna share um, the lesson that my five-year-old um, grandson taught me about answering to your name and the names that people call you so when he was born he was scooter to us his name is Jaden but you know me and my husband we you know nicknamed him um scooter and so of course we called him scooter basically all of his you know five years of living until he turned five and so he was at our house one day and of course, I kept calling him Scooter, but I kept wondering, like, why he wasn't responding to me on, you know, the first, when I first called him, because, you know, all my boys and, you know, my grandson know when I call you first time, you need to respond. Um, and so he, I had to, you know, call him. And then I was like, Jaden, you know, and I said, Jaden, in an authoritative way to be like, do you not hear me? And he turned around and responded. So, of course, because, you know, his grandparents called him Scooter, you know, my everybody else in our family was starting to call him Scooter as well. So he my cousin had came in the house and, you know, he kind of greeted her, you know, because he know her. And he kind of went in the room with her and my little cousin, my goddaughter as well. And so, you know, she was like, hey, Scooter. And he had told her he was like, my name is Jaden. My name is not Scooter. I don't want to be called Scooter. And so she was like, okay. And so probably like not even two minutes after that, he comes out of the room and he's like, Nana, you know, he wants this and that. And so I'm fixing him something to eat. And I'm like, Scooter, come in and, you know, and get your food. He didn't move. And I'm like, Scooter, like, come get your food. And he didn't move. And so my cousin heard me call him and she said, Scooter doesn't want to be called Scooter. Scooter wants to be called Jaden, you know, the name that his mom and dad gave him when he was born. And I'm like, what? And she, she said, call him Jaden. And so I was like, Jaden. And he said, ma'am. And he came on in the kitchen. That taught me a lot. My, yeah, my five-year-old grandson taught me a valuable lesson. So I told my husband and I was like, we can't call Jaden Scooter because he's not going to answer to that. 
And he was like, he'll answer to me. He'll answer to his papa. I said, okay, papa, go ahead. So he was like, Scooter. He was right there. Like, literally, my husband was right behind him. He was on the floor playing with a puzzle. My husband called him three times. He not moved. And I told, I whispered to him and I said, now call him Jaden. He said, Jaden. And he said, yes, Papa. And I said, so he is, he refused to answer to Scooter because Scooter is not who he identifies with. He identifies with Jaden. He's been in pre-K and nobody in pre-K, you know, calls him Scooter. Everyone calls him Jaden. You know, everyone around him, you know, his mom calls him Jaden. Um, and then, of course, our side, we call him Scooter. But the fact of the matter is, like, his identity is attached to his name. He wants everybody to know that he's Jaden. That's what my mama calls me, and that's what I want to be called. And I don't care who you are in my life, I choose to be called Jaden, and I'm not going to deviate from that. I'm not going to change my name because it's comfortable for what you want to call me. I'm not going to answer to something because it fits your identity of what you see of me. I'm one to be called who I am. And so knowing the power of your name matters because the power of your name helps you to identify who you are. It helps you to know where you actually fit. It helps you in your belief system because you know, Jesus even asked Peter, like, who do who do they say I am? And he started naming off. They say that you're John. They say you this. They say you that. And then he said, who do you say I am? And then he actually told him, you're the son of, you're the son of God and you're this. And you're, you know, he started telling them because we can't believe in God. We can't believe in this God that we say we serve if we don't understand who we are. The whole point of God trying to tell you that you fearfully and wonderfully made and that you're a royal priesthood and you're part of a peculiar people and that you are my daughter, you're the daughter of the most high God. We have to understand that that's who we are because when we know who we are and we can stand in the name that God calls us, then the enemy can't come back and say, no, you ain't that, you this, you shame, you doubt, you worry, you're unbelief. You know, you remember what you did in your past? Yeah, you all of that. When you know who you are and you know who your father calls you, then you know that I'm not answering to anything other than that. He said, I'm beautiful. He said, I'm the apple of his eye. He said, I'm the chosen one. He said, I'm the heir and co-heir to the throne. And so by me knowing who I am, I know who I'm going to answer to. So that means when, when someone calls out and says, hey, uh, prophet, you answer to that because you know that your father has told you, called you into that position. Teacher, you're not going, oh, no, I'm not, you know, no, I don't do all that teaching. I just be, you know, doing my little Bible study at home. No, you're going to answer to what you were called. You want to answer what, who you want to name. Takesha just said that Jesus, that God knew us before we even entered into our mother's womb. So he knew that you were that teacher. He knew that you were that prophet. He knew that you were that CEO or founder. He knew that you were that pastor. He knew who you were. So we have to know the power of our understanding that the power of our name is a foundation that we build upon. Because if we don't know who we are, think about it. When you were trying to figure out who you are when you were a teenager, whenever you were trying to end your identity crisis, you kind of flowed every which way. And I can be honest, in my teenage years, I was a chameleon. 
wherever I felt like I fit it, I just formed into those that type of group of people. All the way down to my hair. I wore my hair like them. I wore the clothes that they wore. And whatever they called me, that's what I answered to. But I didn't tell them, no, my name is Tiffany. And Tiffany means the appearance of God. So I want to be called Tiffany. That's what my mama named me. Matter of fact, no, that's what my auntie named me is Tiffany. And so that's who I answered to. But I had to go through years of shedding what people said that I were, what my family said who I was. I took on their identity and not knowing who God said I was. So when God kept saying, you're my daughter, and I'm like, no, I'm the servant. I don't know what daughter looks like. What do you mean? Wait a minute. You you can't just skate past that exactly. one. Exactly. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Run that back. So we have a hard time. It's, I don't think it's that we a lot. Well, some of us may have a hard time accepting the position as daughter because of your relationship with your father. But I had a relation. I have a relationship with my earthy father, a very solid, good relationship with my dad. And Jerry and Takesha can attest to that. I talk about my dad a lot, especially, you know, now that I'm home, I really talk about him. But even as a daughter, earthly daughter to Sylvester McGowan, knowing who I am, my daddy always affirmed and confirmed me and let me know you are McGowan. And us McGowns, we're not quitters. We work hard. We are builders. We stand with our shoulders squared, our chin up. You know, we we ain't no punks. We ain't going to start nothing. But if you come over here with us, we're going to end that thing. I knew the stock that I came from. But when it came to having that relationship with God as his daughter, I knew how to be a servant. I knew how to serve. I knew how to show up and serve. I knew how to show up and give and worship and praise. But I didn't know how to sit in a seat at the table as his daughter. And to be Mm. honest, I did not sit at the seat until probably like earlier part of this year. I was in church one day and I literally saw myself because I I started getting to the point to where I'm like, who, what is this daughter thing? You know, I I need to understand what the daughter is because when we don't understand that we're like a daughter, we don't tap into the privileges. We don't tap into the inheritance. We don't tap into the blessings. We don't tap into the promises. We accept the promises as a servant. We accept those promises but we don't accept the promises as a daughter. See, one thing about me and me being Sylvester's daughter, I know what I'm. I, well, I know what access I have as his daughter. I know I can go into my daddy's house and take a, a Walmart bag and pop that thing open and be like, "Daddy, um, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have that? Can I?" Have? And I'm not. I'm not expecting him to say no. I'm expecting him to say, "Yeah, go ahead, Monique." Yeah, go ahead. You can. Have, yeah, you go. We got enough of that. Yeah, go ahead. What else you need? I know when I go around my daddy, he got me. I ain't worried about nothing. When we was, when I was little, I used to ride in the car with my daddy and I used to tell my daddy, daddy, where are we going? And he'd say, Monique, just sit back and ride. And I wouldn't ask him anything else. I would just sit back and ride because I trusted in my father to know wherever we going, it's going to be some kids there. I'm going to have fun. You know, I'm not going to be bored. 
you know, he to consider me in this situation, but I didn't know how to sit back and ride with God. When he say, sit back and ride, I got this. And I'm like, what you mean? You got to hold on. You turning left. Where are we going left? Well, I thought we were supposed to be going right. Who, oh, who T, we going you had to? questions, questions. Yeah. I had a whole lot of questions because <laughs> I didn't trust him as my father. I trusted him to give me order, orders and instructions. Do this, do that as a servant. But I couldn't respond to him as a daughter because I didn't identify as a daughter. And he's teaching me even now to where now I purposely and intentionally say, daddy, when I'm praying, I'm like, daddy, this, 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 and this. Now my mind will push me back to God, Lord. But I'm like, no, no, no. I got to learn how to be a daddy because my daddy set me. He showed me sitting at a long table and it was people on either side of the table and even beside me. And he literally pulled the chair out and said, now sit, take your seat. And I'm sitting now at the table as a daughter. And I have to, now my world is opening up because now I, yes, I am his servant. We all his servants, but I had to take it, go, I had to go up a notch and say, no, I'm the daughter of a king. I'm royalty. Like now when I look at Harry and, you know, his brother, I'm like, oh, I can relate. Because I'm royalty too. But when you don't understand that, when that's not part of your identity, it, it's hard for you to accept your father in the way that he wants to love you. Because that father love, I mean, think about it. Like, we, we've been in positions of working. Your boss, your boss loves you. Your boss is cool. Your boss, you know what I'm saying, considers you. But the, the love of your parents, that thing goes deep. And that's the love that God wants us to understand. That's the love that God wants us to know. But you have to be to know who you are. And then once you know who you are, it's so easy to know who you are. And then it's so it's even easier for you to accept the power of your name, to accept that I am a daughter of the king. I am the daughter of the person who created heaven and earth. When I look at the sun, my daddy did that. When I look at the moon, my daddy did that. When I feel the wind blow, and I don't know which way it came, but it's cooling me off, that's from my daddy. It will literally change your life. It will literally change your life. When you know who you are, then you're not so easily influenced you're not easily influenced by instagram and facebook and twitter and tiktok you trying to show the world who you are so that way you don't know you know let me let me show you who i am and not in a proudful way but with confidence and i'm going to encourage you guys look up pride and look up confidence because the enemy's trying to use those words to bring confusion so we're going to break that today so you look up the word pride. If you got to write it down, look up the word confidence. And, and if you got to break it down as we do, we are word people. So we break things down. We'll talk to each other about the word, share the word together. But look at those two words and, and ask God to give you the revelation of pride, give you the revelation of confidence. Cause that's what he had me to do. Because even as a daughter, I'm like, well, daddy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to come like that because then that's going to make me, you know, I was prideful. He was like, I'm sick of that. No, look up the words. 
Oh, Tiff, I got it pulled up. Let me, let's let's go into it real quick. Let's all. So, welcome to our Facetime calls, guys. This is what we do, okay? Uh, pride. the The definition of pride is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated, or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. Uh, another definition of pride is consciousness of one's own dignity. Um, let's see. Now, that was Google's definition, but if you go to Merriam Weather, her definition is reasonable self esteem, confidence, and satisfaction in oneself. Pleasure that comes from some relationship, association, achievement, or possession that is seen as a source of honor, respect, etc. Oh, y'all, we finna get it right now. Another definition of pride, according to Merriam Webster, is exaggerated self-esteem or conceit. I would just, we just go pause right there real quick. Take a deep breath because that hits some of us and I know it. And so that's what pride is. So now let's look up confidence. Hold on, hold the line. Confidence is a feeling of consciousness of one's powers or of reliance on one's circumstances. Faith or belief that one will act in a right, proper, or effective way. That means you have confidence in somebody. Um, confidence is also the quality or state of being certain, a relation of trust or intimacy, reliance on another's discretion, support, especially, no, I don't want that one, communication. Okay, so we see that pride, one of the definitions of pride is an exaggeration of confidence. Let's talk about that because like Tiffany said, sometimes we get the two confused. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, I'm just being confident. No, since you're being prideful, like, like you're being conceited. Like you think that because you did this thing or because of this reason or whatever it is that, you know, you're better. That's pride. That's pride. So y'all, we really have to check ourselves. We really have to um, take into consideration, like, what am I operating in? Like, am I operating in pride or am I operating in confidence? Because true enough, there is a thin line between the two. There can be a thin line between the two, but you got to know where the line is. And if you don't know where the line is, if you think, hey, God, ask God, hey, God, am I operating in pride or am I operating in confidence? Sometimes I don't think that we be asking God questions, but y'all, it's okay to ask God questions, I promise, okay? And think about your definitions with pride. Everything was saying oneself, 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 in oneself, in every one of those definitions. So it's all about you. And if you listen to the <laughs> definition that you read with confidence, it's either you're having confidence in someone else being an assistance to you. Or you having faith, you know, you having faith and believing in that. Or your confidence is basically just saying, you know, it's it's like it is you're having confidence within yourself, but you're not just relying on you. Confidence is meaning like, okay, I know that if I need help, 
that I can go to my sisters and I'm confident that they will help me reach whatever goal I am. But I could sit here prideful and say, you know, I don't need them. What I need to be on the podcast with them for, I can do a room by myself. And we would have flew to Texas and got your whole life together if you told us that. I just want you to know. Right. Right. So that's what it is. And that's what we have to also know when it comes to operating in confidence when we stand as a daughter of God. We have to be confident. Like, this is my daddy. He don't play about me. I need for y'all to understand, like, when they come up against you, yeah, you say that no weapon formed against you, but you got to let them know, uh, I don't think you won't do that. You might not want to say that about me because he don't play. But when you walking around, if your first thought is always what I can do and you don't include anybody else, even after God has said, I need you to reach out to this person or that person, or I need you to do this or do that. And it's always, but what about me? That's pride. That's not confidence in what you can do because yeah, you can do it. But if he's sending you to other resources and connecting you with other people and you keep saying, but what about me? Then that's pride. And here's the thing. Confident people know that they need other people. Prideful people think they don't need anybody. There's a big difference. So I can be confident in my ability with graphic design, but I know that I can't always do it myself. I know that sometimes I may need help. I know that sometimes I may need, you know, a teacher or a coach or whatever. And so we have to really understand that uh, um, pride is self-centered. Confidence allows others in. Takesha, what you say? Absolutely. And for those of you who just are, who are just joining the room, uh, thank you so much for being here for our listening party as we record our Dear Christian Black Girl podcast. Uh, Tiffany, when you were talking about, um, you know, the names that we allow ourselves to call, um, be called in that difference between uh, pride and confidence, even um, in the word of God, it talks about the proud person's names in Proverbs uh, 22, uh, verse 24. It says, uh, and this is coming out of the Amplified uh, Version, and it says, proud, haughty, scoffer are his names who acts with overbearing and insolent pride. Uh, Today we are talking about the power of your name. And the name that the Bible says, his name is proud, haughty, scoffer the one who acts with overbearing and insolent pride. And so our names precede us. Our names make a declaration in the earth. Our names prophesy about our lives in the earth. And so what we're talking about today is what is the power in your name? And for you to know that there is power in your name. And as Tiffany began to talk about the power of the name daughter, uh, there are rights and privileges and glory and honor that are ascribed to the one who is called daughter, to the one whose name is daughter. And so as we are moving forward in our lives, we have to uh, recognize and ask ourselves, what do I want my name to prophesy in the earth? What, what do, well, how do I want my name to precede me? 
what wind am I going to pray into my name so that when it hits the ears of the people, when it hits the, the uh, letters that's going to come across somebody's desk, when it hits the desk of a decision maker, what is going to precede me? What is going before me? Am I sending before me defeat and anguish and and uh, low self-esteem and unbelief because that was what I was called and that is how I responded? Or, or am I going to be like Jaden and say no longer is defeat my name, but I'm prophesying and sending in the earth that I am the daughter of the most high God, that I am a peculiar person. I am from a royal priesthood. I am the one who is favored. What am I going to prophesy and send before myself? And so many of us were given names, right? We were we were called something by our parents and maybe our parents had a reason for naming us that. Maybe uh, they saw a Kelgon bottle and thought Kelgon was a cute name. I'm going to just give her that. Or maybe they didn't care one way or another what you were called. But God has always cared what you were called. He gave you a name before your mother even knew you existed. And so now it's coming back um, as God's daughters, we are coming back to the heart of the matter. And whether you were loved and adored by your parents or not, the heart of the matter is what does God say about me? And sometimes we even have to shed the quote unquote, quote, good that our parents put on us because some of our parents put us on a pedestal where we could do no wrong. Our parents put us in a position to be prideful because they boosted us up so much that we begin to look down on other people. They put us in a place where our name became the proud, haughty scoffer because we were overbearing with pride because of what our parents instilled in us. And so now as we walk backwards, right? Well, as we walk backwards to creation, we have to say, God, who do you say I am? What do you call me? Because as we know, right, and let me not just assume, God has many different names, right? God has many different names. And the, the, every one of his name attests to a character trait. Every one of his name attests to who he is. Every one of his names is a declaration. It is um, a command. It is the truth. Every one of God's name is going to attest to who he is. What does your name attest to? What is your name anchored to? What is your name centered on? What, what does your name say about you without you even entering a room? And for many of us, we have to overturn what our names meant. We have to go before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who sits in the highest judge's seat and say, I'm coming before the judge. And I'm asking you to overturn everything that was attached to my name that didn't belong to me. Whether I think it's good, whether I think it's bad, whether I think it's indifferent, it don't matter what I think. I'm not relying on my own understanding with this one, God. I'm giving it to you. And I'm asking you, Lord, to overturn everything that was attached to my name that does not belong to me. And I'm asking you for the new decree. I'm asking you for the new proclamation. And though it's not new to you, Lord, it's new to me. I'm asking you for the new proclamation of my name. 
what is my name going to proclaim in the earth? Because I was created in your image, God, every one of your names speak to your character. Who, who, what does my name say about my character? What do you say? And in order for us to see what God says, we have to get in his word. We cannot make it up. It is so great to come into agreement when people says you are the head and not the tail. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are the blessed coming in. You are the blessed going out. You are the apple of God's eye. It is so great for you to repeat that. But we are not parrots. We are not parrots. We are not just walking around repeating anything. Because just because you repeat it, don't make it so. What we have to do is get into the word of God and see what God says. Why did he say that I was the apple of his eye? What does it mean? Right? Tiffany just said, we are word girls. We look at, we break down words. What does it mean to be the apple of God's eye? What does it mean to be his beloved? What does it mean to be his chosen one? God, where did you say that at? What did you mean by that? Because now we don't become repeaters. We become doers. We become the apple of his eye. And as Pastor Yashika told us, uh, for those of you who are part of the Wealthy Wife event, like there are kingdom principles. So when God says that I'm the apple of his eye, there's a principle that I have to follow to live up to that name. To walk in honor and bring honor to that name and not shame. One of the things that my husband likes to tell my sons is to remember their last name. Remember who you are. Remember who you are when you are walking in this world. You are a representation of our family and you will not bring embarrassment on us. Watch the company you keep. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Watch where you go because I'm at stake here. I don't care about you. He ain't say that, but that's what I think he's saying. I'm at stake here when you go out into the world. And I'm so putting words in my brother's mouth. I'm just saying, that's what I think. <laughs> I think that's what he's saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if you go out in this world and you acting a fool, who they calling? Daddy. They calling your daddy. Okay. <laughs> so what are you bringing shame or are you bringing blessings? What are you bringing to your name? What are you bringing to the name as God's daughter? What are you bringing to your name? And so we have to go back and ask the Lord to overturn anything that we attached ourselves to, whether it was ignorant and ignorance, whether it was in pride, whether it was in low self-esteem. And when I say ignorance, I don't mean like you're an ignorant person. I mean that you didn't have the facts. You didn't know. And so when we don't know something, we are ignorant to the fact that it exists. We have rights and we have privileges as the daughter of the most high God. But as Tiffany said, if we don't take our seat as a daughter, we'll never know what access we have. We'll still be running around serving the table as a servant. And God is saying, take a seat. I didn't call you to serve the table. I called you to sit at the table. No, 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 no. I'm just a servant. No, but I call you daughter. Your name is daughter. And you keep saying, no, I'm servant. I'm servant. I'm servant. Now you become prideful because you are going against what God has said. And so I want you to think about that. What is my name proclaiming in the earth? Where, where is the power in my name? And some of you may look up your name and there may not be a meaning, right? There may not be a meaning. But when you begin to dig into the word of God, this is y'all. This, this is where we find our identity. This is where we find our identity. This is where we find the power in our name. 
and we will begin to show up as such as we meditate on the word of God, as we sit with the Lord, as we begin to learn of the Lord, as we begin to fall in love. Like Tiffany said about her dad, she knew when her dad picked her up, she knew she was going someplace that was going to be fun. We have to know as daughters of the most high God, when God calls us daughter, when he calls you, right? We are not cowering thinking that our dad is going to come and hurt us. But we are standing up strong saying, here I am. And whether that call comes with correction, assignment, strategy, a joke, right? Because God has a great sense of humor, right? No matter what the call comes with, we will not cower thinking that because he called me daughter, that there's something wrong because there was always something wrong with my natural father when he called me. One of the things I know is that when um, my auntie Yvette calls me, she calls me different things. And I know based on what she calls me, what she needs. If she calls me niece, I know that she just wants to have a conversation with Keish. If she says woman of God, I know I need to pack my bags and be on my way to Connecticut, okay? It's based on how she addresses me that I understand what she needs. And so how are you being addressed and what are you responding to? That's good. And I wanna go back to some stuff that Tiffany said real quick. Um, number one, Tiffany, your grandson, I love him. I've never met him a day in my life, but I absolutely love him. Cause what Jaden said, Jaden said, you ain't finna call me out my name and have me answer. I'm Period. just gonna sit here right. and y'all just gonna be calling and names and I'm not answering. <laughs> he corrected the core. That that was what that's what really taught me. He corrected the core. You know, like we always answer to our grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Like our, our nanas, our grannies, you know, oh, you know, they can just call us anything we you know they want to call us because we love them so much. But the fact of the matter that he was like, no, I'm gonna establish this now at five. My name ain't Scooter, my name ain't Boo-Boo, my name ain't, you know, Lil Sugar. My name is Jaden, and I want to be called Jaden. I know, no, I am going to be called Jaden because if you call me Scooter, I'm not going to answer. Even right. if you're right behind me, I'm still not going to answer. <laughs> Even if I'm right beside <laughs> you and you call me something that I don't want to answer to, I'm just simply not going to answer. You will be ignored on today. So I yeah. love Jaden because that is a great lesson that most kids don't get. Most kids go, and I actually did something similar, but I didn't do it till I got grown. Um, because when I was younger, my middle name is Alicia. And so when I was younger, my dad started calling me Lisey. Till this day, my dad is the only person, other than my husband when he's joking, and he knows not to do it. But my dad is the only person that still calls me Lisey because I think when I was like 18 or 19 and we were at a family reunion and everybody was like, hey, Lisa, I was like, don't call me that. My name is Jerry. They was like, wait, what? I was like, my name is Jerry. Don't call me that. They were really confused, but I had, number one, I was going through an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who God had called me to be. And so I was trying to figure some stuff out. But what I what I knew was, y'all not finna call me this nickname. Like, I can't tell my daddy not to call me that because it's my daddy. He gonna do what he want, what he want, how he want. So I'm just like, you know what, dad, you got it. You, you got it, sir. I'm not finna fight with you over this name. But everybody else, I was like, no, don't, don't call me that. I don't want to be called that. 
And so, yeah, Jaden, I love him dearly because Jaden was like, yeah, what y'all not finna do is that. Um, number two, the another thing that you said, dang, now I don't remember. But yeah, I just wanted to tell you that Jaden, Jaden, Jaden has unlocked what most it takes people decades to unlock. At five years yeah. old, he is doing the thing. Okay. Oh uh, uh, yeah, he taught his nana. He taught me, and I was like, whoa, because even at that moment, I had to think about, you know. My dad calls me my middle name as well, too. He calls me Tiffany when it's serious or he's extremely upset. But I think about how I was that chameleon for so many years. And I was even a chameleon in my first marriage. I tried to conform to my first husband because I, I wanted him to love me. And, and how many of us identify ourselves with people because we, we're trying to get their love. So we pay for their love with compromising our identity and who we are. And that's what I did. I was uh, until, buying. Uh, until you're doing it again, you can't skate past that. You better not. Girl, you just said we compromise who we are and we allow them to call, like, that's the price that we pay. Yeah. You calling me something that I really don't want to be called is the price I'm paying for your love. Yeah. Because I'm afraid as a child, I'm afraid wow. that if I tell you not to call me that, that you're going to be mad at me or that right. you won't talk to me anymore or that you'll look at me. Man. That's powerful. That is so powerful. Wow. Like, y'all, we got to do better. Like, as grown-ups, we have to do better. Because yes. no child should be scared to say, I don't want to be called that. No child should be fearful that your love is going to look different because they don't want to be called little boo-boo or whatever. Y'all, we got to do and better. You and you shouldn't be fearful now. You know, you you shouldn't be fearful now um, about telling some people in your life, you know, cause like, you know, just to give an example for my husband, he's, you know, he has plenty of nicknames and, um, each nickname is associated with a situation or a season in his life. But now he's in the process. He is in the process of transformation and God is bringing him back to Michael. So now he has to go back and tell those people that called him this or that or that, that he no longer identifies with that. You can't call me that. My name is Michael or call me Mike. And that's, and that's something that he has, he's dealing with because he's like, Hey, you know, he knows some people are calling him that and they don't really mean anything by it. That's just how they, he was introduced to them. But I just helped him to understand, baby, that's not who you are. Everybody got to be on the same page. If God is saying you are Michael and I want you to stand in this world as Michael, I even give you Mike. That's what they got to call you. You don't, you don't answer Jaden to Scooter. You answer to Michael or Mike. And so even as an adult, you have to be okay with saying, you know what? I know that's what you used to call me. And, and I know that that's what everybody called me, but I just don't. And you're going to have some people say, well, what's up? What you think you better? And if they say that I am better, 
I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm better. Yeah, I'm better. And I just don't want you to call me that. And if they, and they going to try you because we tried Jaden. <laughs> we kept at calling him Scooter. And he kept saying, I hear you, but I don't hear you. And would not turn around and would not answer and not answer. And my husband said, that's him. That's him and his grandson. But he would not answer us. He didn't even answer his papa, which is the authoritative figure in his life. He didn't care about Papa standing behind him. He said, I'm jaded, not Scooter. Papa. So you're going to have to learn to be comfortable with correcting people when they're calling you something that you're not. And that's even when they bring up your past. Shut that down. I've been, that's, that's covered in the blood. Me and my daddy don't know nothing about that. So I don't know what you're talking about. If you're not using that as a testimony, if you're not sharing that with them as a testimony and they're trying to use that and be the vessel of the enemy to be an accuser of you, shut it down. Don't reminisce with it. Don't play with it. Don't nothing. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. And if you want reference to it, look up Mary Magdalene's story. Jesus delivered her from seven demons. But I imagine people that knew her kept calling her what they saw her as, what they knew she was doing. And she was one of the women that were real close with the following of Jesus. She was the one that was at the tomb to tell them that he wasn't there. Tiff, that reminds me of The Chosen and the scene. And I think it's the first season of The Chosen where after Mary Magdalene, she becomes delivered and she starts following Jesus, but she sees somebody from her past and they're looking at her like, hey, aren't you? She's like, and she and she's shy about it, of course, because she had, you know, a colorful past, whatever. But that just reminds me, we have to let people know who we are in real time. Like, we have to let people know who who you are today is not going to be who you were six months ago, a year ago. So And so somebody that doesn't know your transformation, they're probably out of habit going to call you that thing or going to relate that thing to you. And you simply just have to say, no, I'm not about that anymore. I'm not about that life anymore. I don't do that anymore. That's not my name, whatever the case is. But we have to be bold and courageous enough to say no. This is who you call me. This is what I'm operating as. This is who God has called me to be. And so, y'all, the power of your name. One of the greatest things that we want you to take away on today is what are people calling you? But more importantly, what are you answering to? If what they're calling you is not what God calls you. If what they're calling you is not who God says that you are, course correct. If they don't like it, that's okay. If they have a problem with it, that's okay. If they don't want to be in a in, uh, relationship with you anymore because you they think that you think that you're being better than them, that's okay. Because if anybody has a problem with you going by who God says you are, they don't need to be in your life anyway. And you never know. They may come back and say, you know what? I was wrong. You never know. But you, as the person with the name, as the person who God has called, you have to say, hey, 
I'm not about that anymore. So just take just that's what we want your takeaway to be on today. Um, Takesha and Tiffany, you got any um, final remarks before we go? My final remark um, before we go is to, again, go into the courts of heaven, sit before the father and ask him to begin to show you everything that you responded to. Uh, to every name that you gave your power away to, every name that you were called, that you relinquished your identity for, as Tiffany said, uh, what what was there before? And ask the Lord to overturn it for his glory. And then in order to overturn it, right, the Bible says what we bind on earth is bound in heaven, but what we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So as we are asking God to overturn these things or to bind these things and move them far away from us, we have to replace it with something, right? Don't take away and not replace because you're just giving the enemy room to come back and set up shop again. And so as you bind these things off of your life, what did you respond to? What did you show up as? As you are binding these things and asking God to overturn them, ask the Lord to to fill you up or to loose what he says about you. And as you ask God to loose these things, you have to walk in accordance with them. We can't ask to be called the daughter of God, but we walk around like the woman of the world. We have to be very mindful about these things. We can't anymore walk around and say, well, God knows my heart. And listen, this ain't just for you. This is for me. So as we are asking God to loose what he says about us, that we begin to ask God to teach us. God, uh, it's, the Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher right? The Holy Spirit is the one who is going to tell us everything that we we forgot because that's what the word of God says. And so now we have to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, this is what you call me. Show me how to walk as her. Show me how to talk as her. Show me how to do business as her. Show me how to love as her. Show me what she looks like to you. And I will walk in that way. And so ask God to overturn every name that you responded to that was not yours and ask him to loose every name that he calls you and allow you to walk in that way. My um, closing remarks is just added in addition to what my sister Takesha just said. Now, once you do that with God, then that's gonna get you to, and I, you know, if you you know wanna understand Jaden, then you just go back and listen to the replay, but that'll get you to your Jaden that'll help you to know that I'm not answering to anything or any name other than who God has called me to be. And I pray when you get to that place and you will get to that place, it won't take long that you will take your seat at the table as his daughter. And when I say it's a wonderful place to sit, it's a different perspective. Your mindset shifts, your heart shifts, your emotions shift. It's a wonderful place to take your seat at the table as his daughter. And so do exactly what my sister Takesha extracted so that you can get to your Jaden so that you can take your seat. Absolutely. All right, y'all. That concludes this week's episode of Dear Christian Black Girl. If you're not already, can I get y'all to go and um, can I get you all to go 
and follow us on Instagram. Yes, you heard that right. Dear Christian Black Girl has made its way over to Instagram. So if you missed something earlier um, today, um, if you just want to uh, hear some of the clips, if if you want to just be in, t- in contact with us, follow us over on Instagram. And make sure for those of you that are listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't just listen on the platform, but make sure that you are following the podcast. Here's why. That gets us that that lets us know that what we're saying you want to hear. So make sure that you're following us on Instagram and on your favorite podcast platform. We will be back next week, next Thursday. If you're in the clubhouse room listening, we will be back next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 6.30, I mean 7.30 a.m. Oh, Lord. A.m., y'all. We have moved to mornings, y'all. Pray for us. We have moved to mornings. So 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 a.m. Central standard time um if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform this will be live on friday at 12 noon all right y'all that's a wrap if you want to listen to other podcasts that we have already done i am going to pin the link at the top um and i'm going to also put it in the show notes so that you all can listen you can support if you feel like you want to be a guest on the podcast if you feel like you can add value to the podcast send us an email at dear christian black girl at gmail.com again our email is dear christian black girl at gmail.com if you have questions comments anything like that anything that you want us to know if you enjoyed this podcast if you have a question about something that was said on this podcast if you have a question about something that was said on a previous podcast send us an email okay if you want one of us or all of us to be on your podcast, send us an email. We um, love what we do. We love this. Um, this I don't, I don't even know what to call it. We just love it, okay? And so thank y'all so much for tuning in on today. We will be back, like I said, next week. And that's a wrap, y'all. Bye.